Luca with Andrea. My guest today is Andrea Paganelli. The name probably gives away that Andrea is a native Italian. Andrea and his family own their own private driving company, Tuscan Cars. He has a fleet of vehicles that do tours, day trips and airport runs. And this is how I first met Andrea. He collected me at Pisa Airport from my flight late at night. I was on my own and although I'd previously visited Luca, I had no idea where my apartment was. In that position, you need punctuality, reassurance and a friendly welcome. And that is exactly what I got in spades. Needless to say, Andrea and his family have become firm friends of mine in Luca. I interviewed Andrea back in July 2021 when the pandemic travel restrictions had recently been relaxed. Enjoy the show. Andrea, ciao and welcome to Life in Luca with Andrea. That's two Andreas from one Andrea to the other. <laughs> so thanks so much for taking part in the podcast. It's not been so easy arranging a day and time because you're so busy, but I'm delighted that we finally managed to meet up. And I was thinking my first recollection of meeting you is when you collected me um, at the airport at Pisa following a late flight. And um, I think that was around 2014, don't know where that time's gone. And um, you came highly recommended and I wasn't dis disappointed at all. And you did exactly the same thing four weeks ago, you collected me from the airport. Yeah, so that sounds a little strange that you collected me from the airport. So I think at this point we need to tell listeners a little bit about your work. Yes, I am a private driver. So we have a driving company and uh, this is what I do for a living. I pick up people at the airport and take them around Tuscany. This is where we live in Lucca. And so we, we, we do this kind of work. And uh, I met you, yeah, I met you in 2014. I can't imagine 2014, life before kids. <laughs> Like way before the pandemic. Wow, yeah. And uh, and then collecting you four weeks ago, that was just uh, strange. And I remember because I, it was right before the five days quarantine imposed on uh, British travelers. So it's been, it was a strange moment, but it was good. I was very happy to meet you and see some friends from the UK. Yeah, well, you're always very welcoming. It's great. You know, you sort of, you're so efficient, you're so reliable, and you've got a really good fleet of cars as well, haven't you? Is cars the right word? I'm, I'm, it's not really, is it? Cars, vans. Yeah. The, you name it. Yeah, because the Mercedes. The... Nobody wants us, not wants to use the word taxi, but no. because it's... Because you are more than a taxi, that's the fact that you're yeah. definitely more than a taxi. And then the taxis don't want us to use the word taxi, and yeah. uh, so it's a, there's a little bit of a yeah. battle in between yeah. the two services, and uh, yeah. it's uh, yeah. just normal life. But yes, we have a private driver, I would say, is the, is the regular... Private driver. The, the pri it's the, the right word. Yeah. And because uh, we can only... Yeah, we, only work with reservations. Yeah. That's the... That's the... That's that, the legally what's... Uh, we can't pick up people mm. waiting at us on the yeah. street. 
Mm. Yeah, oh, I see, I understand what you're that's, saying, yeah. So yeah. it's a private driver, so that's your licenses. Yeah, only to collect people that make, make a reservation. Yeah, make yeah. a reservation. So, um, and what's, what's really good is I don't normally bring a suitcase, but because I was so last minute to beat the quarantine, I just threw a loads of, loads of items in a, in, a, in, a, in a suitcase. And what I hadn't realised was when I first arrived, I was staying with a friend and you'd collected her two weeks before yes. at the airport, hadn't you? But she was on... Her apartment's on the fourth floor and there isn't a lift. And you very, very kindly <laughs> lug my suitcase up to the top floor. So, this, you know, it's so helpful to have that, you know. I mean, a lot would have just, you know, sort of drove you to the door and left you, but it was it was great. Well, look, it's challenging for that because <laughs> not, in, not in every apartment you can do that service. So if you were staying in Via Filungo, I could oh, have not. No. Well, maybe at that, that time of day, yes, yeah, but... Yeah. Yeah, at night time, yeah, because it was quite late when I arrived, wasn't it? About 11 o'clock by the time I got to the apartment, but it had never dawned on me, you know, with not normally having a suitcase, and I'd forgotten that Debbie was on the fourth floor, and uh, I was just so grateful, and you said, no, it's no trouble, and you picked it up, and off you went up the fourth flight steps, so thank you. <laughs> but if that's some experience that somebody wants to see about Italy, I recommend dropping yeah. the car in the middle of Via Filungo at noon <laughs> and see what happens. <laughs> Some Italian... It's so narrow, isn't it? <laughs> it's an Italian gesture and waving and yelling. Yeah. Oh, they would That be. will be guaranteed. Yeah, that's definitely guaranteed. But but you do more than sort of airport pickups and, and drop-off. You do yeah. you do tours, don't you? Not, yeah, that's mostly, what you really specialise in, yeah, isn't it? Day so, trips and... Mm. Because... Um, yeah, because driving in Italy, it's not that easy. And you, being here, you know that if mm. you want to go to Florence, or you can't really drive there, or, mm. or you can, but it's complicated. Mm. Camera takes picture of your license plate because you enter in the ZTL, the restricted area. So, like, what we do, we mostly do those kind type of things. Go out for the day with a driver that mm. speaks English and mm. uh, tells you things, and then explain the things about the places you're visiting and then if you want to uh, go to wine tastings or see the fields of Tuscany and go to the mountains, go to the beach, this is what we do. Mm. And uh, it's important to say that we never step on the tour guide's toes because mm. tour guide, they have a specific mm. permit and license yeah. to show you monuments and cities around so what we do is kind of an introduction and then if people are really interested into our history or certain things to see that's when they enter in the field yes they... so do you sometimes do joint um, ventures yes. with uh, with people like paula we mm. do that all the time mm. and uh and uh, so i you, you'll never see us walking around luca giving the guided tour of the city because that's not what we do and uh, mm. even we might have a permit or get a permit it's just always logistically doesn't work that well because no. once you leave the car and then you know clients mm. are pretty paying for a private driver that has access to you know, Piazza Grande or yes. you know, all these places but yes. then you can't really park there so no. what are you paying for like yes. the driver then is not if you have mm. to walk to the car then it doesn't. Mm. 
So it's just dawned on me now, now you said it, because I've, I'll be honest, I've never driven in the centre of Luca, and I wouldn't want to drive in the city of Luca. It amazes me. It's a real skill. It's a honed skill. I mean, there aren't that many cars in the centre of Luca, but to be able to drive is, a, I, I would say, you have to be a really special kind of driver. I always lived here and just know it, and, and that's how it is. But... Um, you mentioned ZTL, and I think that's really important to tell listeners that might be visiting Luca, because those that have cars, there are certain areas where you, you, you can't drive, aren't there? So can you explain a little bit about the, the fact that you can have a car yes, for Luca, but you have to have certain permissions, don't you? Yeah, if you're a resident or you have a garage or some, or maybe some hotels are able to write off your license plate because mm. you can't go to the hotel, drop off your suitcases, and then you can't stay in the, in the residential area. But um, the, the problem is that you don't realize, because I think the local police relies on cameras, and so they don't go after, they don't go around the city center looking if cars have a permit or not. They rely on cameras, mm-hmm. and if you're in, mm-hmm. you're either allowed or you got a ticket. Yes. It's and one or the other, uh, isn't it? <laughs> yes. And you don't realise, you're happy, and then a couple months later, in your mailbox at home, you find yeah. a surprise. Yeah, a surprise. And sometimes can be expensive, because every time you go through the camera, if, you, if you're lost or something, you yes. can get several tickets in a day. But there are places to park outside the but walls and places. just inside the walls. I mean, uh, Porto Elisa, there's a little place there, isn't there? And yes, there is. Santana. The, some, yeah, the, but also, yeah, Porto Santana. There are a few uh, parking spaces and mm. uh, parking lots in, in the city centre. Mm. Uh, but it's tricky be, I, if I have clients that they have their own car and maybe we're only doing a day with them, I never recommend to park inside because you don't realise and maybe you miss the parking spot Part, and then you have to turn around that you're lost and exactly. you end up in a ZTL and mm. uh, there you go. There you go, yeah, there you go. Yeah, the surprise in your mailbox. <laughs> so you always say park outside, yeah. walk inside. It's, yeah. You know, yeah. You have to see the wall and uh, yeah. go mm. underneath, go mm. through a gate or walk mm. to one of the pedestrians, pedestrian mm. ones and uh, you're sure that... Uh, you don't get a ticket. Yeah. So if somebody, I mean, a lot. I know a lot of uh, English-speaking people, so from uh, UK, America, um, uh, Australia, Europe. If people were relocating and wanting to live in Luca, do, how easy is it for them to get um, a permit to drive in the centre? Well, as long as you are um, resident or how you say domiciliato you're not you don't have a residency but you you have an address living, you, have you have an, an address. address yes you yeah you can apply for that yes there's a company that runs the uh, metro uh, it's called and yeah. you go speak with them and uh, you have every person depending on the size of the family has the right to have X amount of permits. Mm-hmm. For example, we are family. Maybe I can, I can have three now because we're five. But uh, uh, for example, we have. I live in the center, so my wife has a. We have two cars that we drive in, and we pay for the the first one's free, 
and the second one you have to pay like ah. hundred euros a year. It's just yeah. I think the the money is to tell people not to bring too many cars in the yes. city. Yes. Yeah. And, yeah. Uh, so everybody that has a property can have one car free come into the centre, yes. but it has to be registered. And then any yes. more than that, there's a fee of approximately hundred yeah. euros. And just these. 2021 they're changing the system yeah. so for example now we have in september between september and october we have to apply for the new permit because otherwise only when you change your car it oh. runs automatically in the system and you don't have to do anything ah. um, so and now it's changing so we have to do a little change a new permit in september october and then I don't know. If, I don't remember exactly what happens after that, but mm. it should be for the for the whole time that you own the car. Oh, that's good. And it will be the same. Yeah. You free the first one. You pay yeah. for the second one, and some minor changes here and there. But I think Luca will be one of the first city, cities in Europe having uh, this new system of tracking the vehicles for ah. uh, the for pollution. So that's a cool thing because uh, we. As drivers in in the in Luca, we talked to the administration because we uh, had some minor shifts in our regulations that mm. allow our cars inside the, mm. the distributed areas, and they were explaining us this system that will have each car will be uh, tracked with uh, some antennas and satellites and mm. to see what's the volume of vehicles that enter in the city. Ah, that's good. To, yeah. And I think there's only a, like Amsterdam. Some some cities in 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 Europe. I I said Amsterdam. I could be totally wrong. But some other European cities yes. are, uh, and Luca is one of those. Oh, that's excellent! It's because it's it's a really traditional city, but it's, it it is. It's very forward thinking, isn't it? I mean, it's yeah. the same with the bins, isn't it? The refuse. Yeah. You know, you've got set bins and set days, and it's very very. Uh, exact as what what you have to do and you if you don't do the exact thing you you will yeah. be in trouble and then it's the same with the pollution to keep the pollution levels down yeah i don't remember that i, I might have said something uh wrong i don't i read this mm. a few months ago but uh but i, I remember being impressed by the by mm. how luca was think, yeah. thinking ahead about this thing and uh, so the details might be wrong but the whole the concept the, the concept uh yeah should be right. Should be right, yeah. <laughs> I apologise if, <laughs> if, it's I, all right. if I'm totally wrong. We won't, we won't, we'll double check. We won't put a surprise in your letterbox. We won't, we won't find you if we're getting it wrong, don't worry. <laughs> well, maybe. No. No. No, I know it's good. I, I've noticed that um, myself, you know, that I'm, and even more so the last few times I've been here in Luca, how very forward-thinking they are and how they're trying to protect the city and um, you know it, it, the citizens, the residents, um, the buildings, the history—they're very much, you know, looking to do that. So that's really, really good to know that they are. If not now, if they're looking into, you know, for the future, that's really good. Yeah, I'll send you something later. Oh, good. Thank you. So I can, I can make sure that we've got it right between yeah. us. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, so I'm thinking about a typical day for you because. Um, I know that you get people, and I think 
correct me if I'm wrong, but I think um, you, you, you have uh, clients from many, many countries, but I think the people that you get um, wanting to do more tours are perhaps the ones that tra have the, lot, the, the furthest distance to travel, so maybe from America and Australia, because they're, they're, it's such, such, such a length of time to travel here, um, and they may be here for, say, two or three weeks, they will then hire you, won't they? And they'll say, we want to go and see somewhere in the country, mm -hmm. we want to go and see a vineyard. So tell me, how would that? what's a typical request? Well, typical pre-pandemic or post-pandemic, oh, or during pandemic? Oh, pre-pandemic, pre please, please, pre-pandemic, I know. <laughs> pandemic is... Oh, I know. Changed everything. Going happened. out with the kids, yeah. staying home, yeah. going out with the kids, yeah. staying home. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Pre-pandemic, uh, the typical day was, you know, kind of in two separate uh, time of times of the year. Because in the winter, it's when you get more of the reservations, and so you do more of the office work. And then in the summer, it's when you are more not in the summer, but like our busiest month actually, April, May. Mm -hmm. And September, October, because it's when the probably the good season in Luca and in Tuscany in general, yeah. it's uh, it happens, and then it's more beach time during the summer. Yeah. So there is more static type of vacation, yeah. and uh, and less traveling and less touring around. And uh, yes, we have most of our clients are English speaking from mm -hmm. uh, the farthest parts of the world so america canada australia uh, but also the united kingdom because people fly over um, driving and i think most of europeans we might do some wine tours with dutch or germans because they don't want to drink and drive but mostly it's english-speaking people because they don't have a car and it's just also in the case of english british driving on the road on the different side of the road so that makes it harder and uh, and from North America and uh, and Australia or even South Africa it's like more of a you know once in a lifetime trip you don't mm -hmm. come to Italy that often that it's, it's a long flight jet lag plenty of vacation try to take a long time and people working not always have that much time to to spend visiting the country so they you know, it's not that easy and uh, while from the UK mm. two hours what what's the flight two two and a half hours mm. in, in Pisa very easily much easier than from somewhere else mm. so yes and the typical day in the winter is yeah more at home we have a office an office at, at home so we work from there and uh, and uh, well actually the pandemic helped because my wife always complained that she she works with us, and uh, she, but we, she always complained that nobody understood the concept of working from home. <laughs> <laughs> and, and like when she say, "Well, I worked so much today. I worked a lot today because I had so many emails and back and forth to people. People didn't really understand because she didn't go to work, but she's been working all day, and uh, and now people understand. So yes, that's yes. that's a good. Good thing. Um, the good thing of the pandemic, yeah. and uh, and uh, and then in the summer is more going out with clients and people. So we uh, and often uh, yeah, work every day, mm. no stop, no break, no Sunday, no Saturdays. And, no. and 
and uh, always with people. So that's mm-hmm. a good, something that I really like, mm-hmm. showing people around and being mm-hmm. with them for the day, making new friends like yeah. I did with you. Yes. And uh, so it's a nice, a nice thing. And uh, I always loved languages and the possibility of knowing people from different culture and countries. It's uh, and it's kind of working. It's almost working abroad because yeah. I live in this different world because I deal with you know, somebody from a, from another country all the time. Mm-hmm. So it's a it's a very nice. It's mm-hmm. a very nice thing that happens, mm-hmm. and uh, you're always dealing with people that are on vacation, mm-hmm. happy mm-hmm. most yes. of the time, yeah. or definitely leaning towards happiness yes. because it's their vacation and mm-hmm. they're in a different mood. Mm-hmm. Yes, I, I have yeah. thought of it like that. I always, yeah. always think about you know the poor plumber that maybe <laughs> maybe he makes more money than. Probably makes more money <laughs> than we do, but you know, people are always yeah. Yeah, you know, if, if you yeah. if yeah. your tube breaks, yeah. you're not happy. <laughs> <laughs> if your pipeline leaks, yes. you're not happy. No, and, no. Uh, <laughs> well, that's just brought that's made me think actually. You say about you meeting people. Firstly, let me ask you: Are you from Luca originally? Technically, yes, but I don't know if I can say that because I grew up 20 minutes outside of the center of Lucas, so that's, you know, in the, within the wall, outside the wall, within the comune, outside of the comune. Mm-hmm. We are very strange about it. Maybe not strange, but uh, so yes, yeah, so I grew up in Lucas. Very particular. So you are. I mean, I, I do know that people that are born inside the walls, they're very, you know, they, they, they it's sort of um, they let everybody know they were born inside the walls but Luca does stretch out um, and it, 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 it is um, a province isn't it so yeah. you're born in the province of Luca yes, yes. So, the, so the reason I asked that to start off with was and you said you meet people and make friends I know that your wife is American yes so did, it, it, is this the place for, if an if a English speaking lady wants to meet an Italian man is Luca the place to come well <laughs> we had a <laughs> Maybe, I don't know, because we met uh, in Portugal, so we ah. had a very different... We were both st- studying abroad in Lisbon, and that's where we met. And uh, we both studied languages, so we you know, we love doing those type of things. And we met in, uh, in Lisbon, and then traveled, stayed in Brazil for two and a half years. Wow. I, well, she was there permanently, mm. I mean, for the two and a half years, I was still studying and working, so I was coming here for the summer, making some money, and mm. then going in our winter here, going to Brazil, and so yeah. we kind of we, we managed between long distance relationship mm. and living together. So we we stayed abroad for a while. So it's, that's where we met, and um, so I don't know if no, no, it isn't in our case. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> well, it's obviously worked because you've got three beautiful little children. They're absolutely gorgeous. But um, which is a lot of the Italian people I know, they only seem to be having now one child. I don't know if you've noticed that. It's or it's more common, and they seem to because grandmas and granddads are only well, non nonos and nanas are only having the one. 
they get treated like a little princess or a little prince because of just the one of you noticed that change I am an only child too so mm. and I it's even a lot, lot of my generation I'm 38 mm. and, and mm. a lot of my generation have one, only children or mm. one brother one sibling and uh, in our generation even even less kids I have a lot of friends that have no kids and mm. yeah, they're almost 40 and uh, it's, mm. it's an age where yeah, generally people mm. already have kids um, yeah in Italy it's um, I don't know it's a bit of the maybe the economy is not great maybe that it but also I think the expectations that uh, people have uh, so it, on a family and so everyone is worried about the future and this type of things so it's uh, it's um, people a lot a lot of people are stressed and my wife is American they mm. always just uh, American cowboys and they <laughs> not, they fear nothing so no no <laughs> and my wife is um, she was born in a Marine Corps military base because my father-in-law is, was a um, Harrier pilot. Really? So and then she had she grew up partly part of her uh, childhood in the UK and in Germany, but always with the Royal Air Force. Ah. Uh, because they were doing exchange programs. Yeah. So I always joke about uh, that, <laughs> that. You know. Yeah. When we were in America, when the pandemic started. Oh. And so we, we, you know, we didn't know what to do. No. Our flight was cancelled, oh. and so you were still uh, there. We, we were there and uh, and my wife was like no we, I want to go home and it's like and at the moment Italy was the pandemic did not exist it was only Italy yeah and so I would make fun of her that she's a marine and she yeah. runs at the sound of gunfire <laughs> <laughs> let's go there's a pandemic oh there's a a, a, pandemic. a pandemic or an epidemic at the yeah. time so yeah. let's go let's head for it <laughs> And, uh, you know, even with uh, having kids, it's yeah. a little bit like that. Just, well, you've also uh, had a child during the pandemic, haven't you? You've had yes. a, new, a new baby, haven't you, during the pandemic? Yes, and, uh, and that's a blessing of this of pandemic. Course. I think, you know, we always have to look at the bright mm. side. Uh, mm. If it was not for the pandemic, we probably would have not mm. had a third child because mm. we were busy with work and mm. lifestyle and mm. everything and... Uh, and I think this what ha- this is what happens a lot, and mm. uh, we have our different expectations and mm. uh, achieve our goals mm. and try to make a difference and impression. But then, you know, when mm. the pandemic hits, you realize how mm. you know, everything volatile is and mm. uh, fragile we are, and mm. the family is actually it's, it's you know, the most important it's thing. The most important it? thing, yeah. and uh, especially yeah. in, in Italy, is. Yeah. Uh, because that's what I was thinking. When you think back to a couple of generations ago, if you th- thought, if you think of how the stereotypical Italian family was portrayed, say on the television, mm-hmm. it would be uh, Mama and Papa and lots of children, and you'd have Mama in the kitchen and making all the gorgeous food, and and it does seem to have shifted, doesn't it? Yes, it's uh, yes. Yeah, no, you can say it's no mm. longer that way. And, yes. Uh, Things have changed a lot. Maybe in different parts of the country are mm. a bit different. If you go in the south, there's still more this type of traditional 
uh, Italian family of Turkey people and uh, the more north you go the less the, it is and the more European style mm. we are but even that it's mm. probably not truth because north Eu- northern Europe people have lots of kids mm. so it's uh, mm. it's what we think and uh, and no I hope uh, I really hope I found myself in this stage of life that mm. you know I just love being a father and yeah. being a family man and yeah, uh, it shows. yeah. and uh, mm. there, there's nothing else I'd like to do yeah, yeah that's lovely and I know that they've all got um, um, football Italy football outfits so were you all sat there on Sunday evening with your, with, with your children were you all sat there watching yes, them yes and they were the all tired but I dressed them up and <laughs> took pictures and they were not that happy <laughs> and I taught them the national anthem <laughs> <laughs> and uh, because I grew up playing soccer, playing football, yeah. so I yeah. I really yeah the, the national team has some, some represents something special for me, and I remember yeah, growing up course. and uh, from the World Cup in the nineteen ninety ninety, and wow. I was I remember that I remember nineteen ninety four, and yeah, yeah and every, all the yeah, and that's kind of. Uh, I don't know if it's just me or the whole country, but seeing from the what happened on the streets, it seems like the whole country is um, very happy and follows the. National it's all team. unified, isn't it? But what what what? I I was with friends. Uh, they have a an apartment in the in the in the in Centro Storico, but they also have a garden. So, but there was English and Italian. That's what was so wonderful about it. And we were all sort of saying, oh, to each other, you know, but it was very friendly, very, very friendly, you know, the, the, the conversations that went, that went on. And um, obviously I'm disappointed. I mean, I'm not into football, I must admit, but I was, I was really wanting England to win. But, you know, the thing is, I, I love both England and Italy. So, I mean, I couldn't lose really, could I? You know, we're both favourite places. But what was wonderful when I, it was about midnight here when I was going back, and I, there was that many people, I couldn't actually get on my bike, I had to push my bike, because I'm outside the wall, but I was amazed at the, uh, the spirit of everybody, and how uh, everybody took to the cars, and they were driving round the roundabouts at Porto Elisa, and they were honking the horns, and there was flags going everywhere, but everybody was so kind, and happy and the spirit it was it was it was lovely to see actually it is it was i it's a great and also i think in italy maybe for historical reasons with the fascism and this type of things mm-hmm. i guess the germans are similar in that sense that mm-hmm. you can't really be have national pride mm-hmm. and this is the only time you can mm-hmm. freely yeah you know Mm. be who you are and mm. uh, and if you like yeah cheer for Italy you can put your flag out there yeah. is no otherwise when you see people going out with you know too much of Italian pride you kind of already yeah thinking that's leaning towards one political direction yes and uh, this is the moment where mm. you know that doesn't count and it's mm. all but the happiness that was about the and happiness, about, yes. it was infectious, it was wonderful, it was really wonderful. And I think a lot of the, um, a lot of the, a lot of Italians felt this especially because we kind of felt, you know, the first country being hit by the pandemic mm. and 
been on the news and mm. and this was a little bit of a like you a know, pick me up we would call it in England does that translate a pick me up no yeah. does that not translate yeah uh, make, makes you feel makes everybody collectively yeah. feel good together yes yeah and hopefully this is the end of uh, oh, of know. a path and yeah. then you know started that we're all locked down in our houses and mm. this is the end and hopefully this is what uh, what will happen and who mm. knows but um, yeah the, the happiness it was mm. and I remember in 2006 was I was 23 and mm. we won the World Cup and it was the same and yeah. and so this is something I never told not even my wife um, <laughs> but the, just the recent thing that we were invited at a pool party and then we're watching the game but because it was outside of Luca, I knew that if we would have won the game we would have not been able to come back home no <laughs> and but I'm very superstitious so I didn't mention that I found an excuse for not going to the pool party I disappointed ah, everyone yes. but yeah made it that we were home before the game because ah. I knew that you know, can't have kids in the car no. in that crowd and try to go home and it's no. midnight and yes. you know and uh, well it's just gridlocked everywhere, isn't it? Just gridlocked. Yeah, you couldn't, yeah, it, you can't move, can it, you? No. And if it had just been you and Catherine, that would have been okay. Yeah, but because but, you've got three little children, so yeah. I convinced everybody oh. to go home early, but I didn't say why. Mm. And then I. Yes, you're being very considerate to your children, yeah. <laughs> I'm very superstitious. I didn't want to say everyone that... No, no, no. But you, you won, so you were right, weren't you? You were definitely right. Yeah, so... Uh, so, uh, going back to what we were talking about before, about families, and um, people only having... Uh, or many people only having one child. Do you think it's, um, it's expensive to live in Luca? Or is it just sort of it's the the economy's changing the whole of Italy, you know? So if somebody wanted to come and live in Luca, I don't know exactly how to answer to this. It's it's changing, but it's because Italy is. We always talk with my wife. Like mm. a lot of times, you live in your family home, mm. and you don't buy a house. You don't have a mortgage because your family own a house passes to you so yeah living in Luca we have we have done a different choice and if, if we wouldn't live outside of the city probably been cheaper definitely mm. been cheaper mm. if you go mm. to do the groceries to the local shop is more expensive than if you go to a supermarket mm -hmm. and uh, and the mortgage and, and the mm. rent if you're renting and, mm. and everything is a little bit more expensive mm. inside if you're purchasing a house and, or an apartment and so that yes it is but it's all relative compared mm. to depends where you come from and, mm. and, and, and where you lived before mm. and what's your lifestyle is a mm. lot a lot that's uh, if you go out eat out every night and mm. it's all it's all relative but um if you're living in London, mm. that's cheap. Mm. If you're living in New York City, because mm. cheap. But yes. Yeah, that's a good comparison, actually. Uh, it is a good comparison. But, yeah. but I don't know what would mm. be the... If you mm. live in Durnacan mm. or in mm. 
Manchester or Manchester, yeah, York, yeah. Leeds. Yeah. Yeah, no, that's a good comparison. I'd probably say that, now you've said that, I would probably say that, that the places like Rome and maybe even Florence are probably sim more similar to London. And Lucca is probably more similar to the other city centres, cost-wise. I mean, in co as a comparison, a, a rough comparison. So Lucca's probably more similar to sort of maybe Leeds or Manchester or Birmingham, like you said. You know, so it's, it, it, the inside the walls are more right. expensive and outside are less expensive, but not as expensive as London. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, and then it's diverse because if you have a villa outside yeah. or a house or a larger house, uh, it can be more expensive than mm. um, than inside. So it's all it's all relative, but uh, it's definitely a nice place. Mm. And uh, and the good thing about Luca is there's a lot of free things to do because mm. the wall is. Mm the park that's for everybody mm. and you can just you know spend your day that's for example talking about my wife and my in-laws and they come here they stay for two or three weeks and you know and what they do is they wake up in the morning they will go for a walk go out for lunch mm. rest after lunch <laughs> go for another walk have dinner at night i mean it's not and it's a nice lifestyle. It like is. in a lot of places around the world, there is not a. Mm. For example, this is another thing that I always discuss with my wife that before she traveled, but like a lot of her family that travel too, but they don't really have the concept of hanging out. Yes. Of mm. just being a piazza. Yeah. What are you doing? This is here. Mm. Go out. See if you meet somebody, mm. have a chat. Mm. That's something that I love doing, and 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 I think a place like Luca is mm. great for this because it has the right amount of people, the right amount of residents, the right amount of tourists. Mm. It's very well balanced over cities like Florence. That mm. there's definitely more tourists than. Mm. Uh, mm. No, maybe I'm I'm wrong saying that. I don't want to be. Uh, no, I agree with judgy you. on Florence. No, and, but I think I feel the I center agree. of Florence mm. is has more tourists because mm. it's Fitzy and some major attractions that maybe mm. we don't have, but that mm. we have a different... Mm. Uh, I always recommend Luca for, for example, for people that are traveling here for a week, for two weeks, for mm. three weeks, because it's, it's a place that it's very well located. You can travel, mm. you can see your, the things you have to see because you're traveling to Italy and you, mm. you have to embrace and, mm. and experience certain mm. things. But Luca is a great place. You come back at night, and you leave from in the morning, you go mm. for your walk, and then you go for your experience during the day, yeah. or come back at night, mm. have dinner, and... Uh, it's a good place to relax after you've had a busy day, isn't it? Yes. Whereas if you're in a bigger city, I know we keep saying Florence, but Florence is the nearest main city, so if you're in a bigger city like that, it's, um, it's still very hectic, isn't it? There aren't the spaces... I mean, there are little spaces, but they're usually full, aren't they? Yeah, it's... Uh, yeah, we always say Florence, and I love Florence. So yes, I, it's I, and I'm sure you do too. Yeah. So it's a, uh, um, but it's true. Luca is this mm. nice, you know, nest where you come yeah. back. That's and, a good uh, word, nest. Yes, and uh, you can relax and you enjoy the place mm. and just be. Exactly. You don't do mm. much. Mm. Uh, 
it's not easy that you have to do mm. you have to do things oh, I need to see this I need to see that mm. sometimes you do the opposite you bring people to Luca for the day and like don't know what people should do because mm. Luca is a place that like you know you cannot leave it mm. and this is my personal opinion and uh, and uh, but it, it's a good place it's a good ex- example because it's a then when you bring people to Luca for the day they want to come back exactly and I always tell people that sometimes we work with people that are not coming to Luca or not staying in Luca but they ask me what's where I'm from and I'm from Luca and I always say that Luca is the place for your second trip yes yeah. first time you come to Italy maybe you want to skip Luca because you have to go to see the Uffizi you don't have a lot of time you mm. want to see the Florence you want to go to Rome Venice mm. Amalfi mm. and all the famous parts mm. but you know, once you've done that mm. come to Luca and the second the third the fourth time the fifth time that you come if mm. you want to move mm. that Luca is the place to it grabs you once it's grabbed you it's sort of that's yeah. it isn't it yeah it is it's really really special really really special Luca it's um I think I'm trying to I'm trying to remember. I I I didn't come to Luca first. Um, I travelled quite wider in Italy, and but once I found it. And and Italy, that's something that my wife always gives me a hard time. We need to travel more. We need to visit more Italy because it's mm. you know, there's so much, so many things to see, and uh, and so it's um, like you said, you go. To visit this, you go to Venice, you go to Rome, and, mm. and then you have to look at because mm. you know once you. It's a slower pace, isn't it? Yes. So you've still got you've still got the uh, the wow the wow factor. You've still got yes. the wow factor, but it's at a slower pace. So I, I mean, I remember um, a few years ago um, uh, we used. Um, yoga, I've not been able to do it because of the pandemic so I'm trying to, I can't remember how long ago it was but we used to do yoga on the walls because I used to see you and Catherine then yes. at, the, at, the, at the yoga on the walls and yeah. it was um, and what, what's lovely about it is so um, I'd met you sort of in passing but then when I saw you on the walls and we were at the same yoga class you, you made a big point of coming over to me and being very welcoming to me and introduced me to your wife Catherine and you know I I, I not many places would do that, you know, you were very welcoming and I found that with everybody that lives in Luca, you only have to meet them once and if they see you again they say, Oh ciao ciao, you know, and they, they want to have a conversation with you and say how are you doing, what you've been doing and they introduce you to the friends and Yeah. yeah. It's it's true and uh, and and it's funny because for example I I hope my neighbor doesn't hear this, but sometimes <laughs> I get <laughs> I get out of the house. I'm in a rush. I hear somebody else in the building opening the door, and uh, you go out. I go quick. back yes. inside and you wait have time. because I don't have time. Yeah. And say, okay, yeah. if I have to, then I have to stop. Yeah. I, yeah. I, I, you know, we're all guilty of that. <laughs> we're all I'll, guilty I'll of that. I'll stop and and, yeah. and speak and lose time. And yes. I can't afford that right now. So no, I, you have to get off to work. Yeah, or take the children somewhere, or yeah. But it is, it is. And, but it's not that I am annoyed with with, with no, being hurt. No. It's just you I'm have dragged the into mm. this conversation. Conversation. It's, 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 it, I think what 
it is, it's traditional. That's what I'm thinking. It's traditional that that's how people are with each other. Um, but unfortunately, the pace of life has changed. So the tradition is still there, but the life and that, that, that little bit of a balance hasn't. So if you see somebody in the piazza and you sat there having a drink, yes, you'll have a convers- that conversation with them. But when you sort of join the course of the day, you, you unfortunately you're very time restricted and that that's all it is isn't it yeah yeah that's all it is yeah. so talking about piazzas i'm going to move on to my quick fire questions now so do you have a favorite restaurant oh that's a hard question i know because <laughs> i because i have many friends that own restaurants I so know. i can't be yeah <laughs> So you have many favourite restaurants. I have many favourite restaurants. <laughs> and, uh... <laughs> I don't want to put you on the spot. That's completely fine. So, well, well, is it possible to ask you the same question about Apostitcheria? Have you got many, you've got many friends at Apostitcherias as well, do you? Probably. Yeah? No, but also it's... Uh... Yeah. Yeah, okay. And what about gelaterie? You've got lots of friends that have got gelaterie as well, have you? Yeah. Yes, it's okay. No, I completely understand. I no, don't want to put you in a spot. But it's, it's a very tough uh, question yeah. when we have people and we bring people into Luca. I Luka. understand. It's like, mm. sometimes, you know, one day I was, I remember I was with some clients that were younger and overserved and... Uh, they were telling me that I was bringing them to their cousins, and they're kind of joking, but not really. And you know, it was funny, but yeah. Um, but it's but I, you know, a lot of people. For example, I live on top of uh, Gelateria Veneta, so yeah. that's I'm very yes. I not friend, but like yeah. Yeah. every morning you see the, the lady, and yes. my kids go in, and yeah. they know, and yeah. they ask me. Yeah. Uh, for example, the other day they were dressed with their Italian uniform before oh. the game, and, oh. and they were like, "But is that okay for your wife?" And I said, "Well, until the Olympics starts." And yeah. Then, <laughs> 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 then I think she. <laughs> right. Well, then another question. I'm going to ask a different question. Then, what's your favorite flavor of ice cream? I there really you like go. Pistachio. Pistachio. Me too. I love pistachio. It's gorgeous, uh, isn't it? I really like it. Yeah, pistachio. That's lovely. And what about then? What what sort of foods do you like? If you because I was taught one of um, when I interviewed, I think it was Paula. When I interviewed Paula, I think she was saying that when she goes out, she likes to eat something that she wouldn't ordinarily get at home. So. Is there a type of food you like? You particularly like to eat when you go to a restaurant. I like, like steak, mm. and uh, but I also like pizza. Yes. And I think, well, I'm in a stage of my life where I go out with kids, and yeah. so we go out for pizzas. But yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, but it's it's nice. I'm enjoying. I'm enjoying the the fact that in Luca are getting we're getting more and more pizzerias. Yeah. And, and you have different style of pizzas. Yeah. You have more the Napoli style, yeah. and more thin, thin thicker. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, so it's uh, yeah. Well, I, you may be well aware of this because you've got an American wife, and you've also been to England. But have you heard that in in these countries, these other countries, they put pineapples on pizzas? I know. I know that's the... <laughs> and what are your thoughts on it? Well, <laughs> you know, 
should a pineapple, there's a big debate there, should a pineapple go on top of I, the I pizza? I don't know if it's <laughs> genetic, but my son would be the kind of person that puts pineapple on oh! pizza. He, <laughs> my little son, I, I, he is like the... He likes to do, he likes experiments a lot. Yes. And I'm, I'm always... I find myself telling him, no, you can't do that. Come on, Gianluca, you can't do that. But then I, then I stop and think, oh, come on. Like, yeah, he's also American. So he's exactly. Like, he it's, needs to experience. And so he's got his mum. He's got, he's got that from his mum's side of the family then. <laughs> and his Italian side are sort of going, oh, no, they're in despair. No, no, he put pineapple on his pizza. <laughs> so, um, right, well, you might be able to answer this one then. What's your... Well, do you have a favourite Italian word or a favourite Italian phrase? Like I was thinking about it, and uh, I'm thinking about it, and uh, I don't know, right now, the only things that I don't like, like marca da bollo. Oh, what? Marco? Well, it's not one word, it's more than one word. But yeah, marca da bollo, which apparently it's, you can't live in Italy without having to deal with marca da bollo at some point in your life which is a stamp, basically, a sticker, okay. Okay. that you go and uh, you pay for anything official. It's a Marco de Bolo. Oh. I, this morning I was doing passports for the kids and uh, spent quite a lot of money on Marco de Bolo. Okay. <laughs> and you go to the tabaki place yes. the, and that's where you buy them. And it's a basically a tax that you pay mm. on uh, all sorts of things. Mm. Official documents like passports or ID card. Uh, now I can't think if you have to register, I think, a uh, contract. Mm. It's a Macalabolo. Macalabolo. And it's, I think the Italian economy runs on Macalabolo. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> So it's your least favorite Italian word. Yes, so Mark I gave you Bolo. my least favorite, but uh, yeah. I I'm thinking, but uh, that's the first thing that came in my mind. My, well, but, that's uh, fine. I mean, it, it's, the, it doesn't have to be a favorite. It can be a least favorite. That's completely fine. It's just you know, it's just sort of you know, um, trying to see what people you know what comes to mind when I ask the question. So, Marco Labolo. Marco Labolo, okay. yes. And, uh, and one pretty Tuscan word that whenever you go outside of Tuscany, people immediately recognize that you are from Tuscany is Babbo. That's how they, my kids call me. They call me Babbo. Babbo. Which is not probably super typical in Luca. We, they use the French, the... Papa, mm -hmm. which comes from France, from French, mm -hmm. and Babbo is Babbo is the authentic Italian uh, way, and it was preserved in Tuscany because oh. um, is the because uh, Tuscany Tuscan language is what became Italian, so we have a lot of this. Uh, well, that's interesting. Because at Christmas, isn't it Babbo Natale is Father Christmas? Yes. Yeah. And that's, so we say Babbo Natale, it's yeah. Father Christmas, yeah. but it, it 
it's Bhagavanatale all over the country, but in Tuscany it did not evolve into uh-huh. Papa or the rest of the country because it's like a, in languages, it's in linguistics that the language always do take do an evolution mm. and uh, sometimes they don't. So if you went to Naples and yeah. you say and, and uh, your your son called you Babo, they would know that you were Tuscan, that's what you're yes. saying. Otherwise, but you don't want to call if you say in certain parts of the country. If you said "babbo" to somebody, yeah. you call him stupid. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> yes. And I don't know why it got into into that, no. but into that kind oh. of revolution. But that's uh, and uh, I was recently outside of Tuscany with uh, with my family, and uh, yeah, I was the only babbo around. Yes. <laughs> And uh, they, everybody immediately recognizes you yes. when, uh, yeah. with that word. It's quite sweet, really, that, isn't mm-hmm. it? It is, it's quite sweet. And if you read Pinocchio in Italian, it's always Babbo. Yeah. It refers to his father as Babbo. Giuseppe is, yeah. Uh, Gepetto. Uh, oh, oh Gepetto. Gepetto. Yeah. I haven't read the Italian. Yeah. <laughs> so is it, is it Gepetto in Italian? Yes. Ah, it's Giuseppe. Yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah. No, well, I didn't know Gepetto. And this is another positive outcome of the pandemic that I got to read a lot of books and um, yeah. a lot of Italian classics yeah. and uh, I haven't read uh, the original Pinocchio growing up and uh, I read that, so I read that during children. the pandemic and yeah. uh, that was nice. Yeah, it must be really special. There's some very positive things come out of the pandemic, haven't mm-hmm. there? I mean, I know there's been a lot of sadness and... But but there but there has been a lot of positives and it's like you say with the football there's an optimism isn't there and so there are, there are changes coming aren't there I hope hopefully positive changes so my the recommendations that I ask you you're the perfect person to ask if somebody said to you I'm coming to Luca for a day what should I see do or visit what well, well definitely come and see the walls and mm-hmm. uh, experience some of the city center yeah lifestyle and then go and see the villas some of the villas of Luca yeah and I always tell people that in Luca one of the great things is that and I don't know if a hundred I'm hundred percent true or not but because Luca was its own country for so long time people build their hum- summer house within the country borders so yes it's, it's a very short distance yeah you can visit all these villas yeah yeah, they're beautiful, aren't they? And uh, so it's, uh, that's what I would recommend for people coming for a day. For a day. And then if they were going to come for a week or two weeks, what should they see or do or visit? I mean, they should book a tour with you, obviously. Obviously. They? Yeah. <laughs> and uh, experience some of the wineries and yeah. some of the olive oil, the local products, and mm. see the surrounding, like going to the beach or mm. going to... The mountain region, Catania, mm. or mm. Mm. and uh, experience some day trips outside of of Luca because, like we, as we were saying before, it's a great place to come back and mm. to start from, mm. and uh, have good food and a very nice lifestyle. Mm. And that's what I would recommend. And if you're staying here for a month, and if you're staying here for a longer time, mm. same thing, maybe take some days off in between don't don't rush into Mm -hmm. visit different things and uh, 
but I like to run. I always see Paola that I bet you yes. interviewed before, and uh, sometimes we run together. Yeah. We, I jog, she runs. She, I know, I've seen her. She's I know. A, yeah, I jog, I jog, runner, and she runs. And yes. You hear her just going, ciao, she's going past, don't you? She's like a rocket. I know. I know, she's ever so fast. I but know. also, it depends on, I always say, I always say this, I keep saying, saying be in a different stage of your life. Like mm. for me right now is experiencing it with the kids mm. and try to give them some experience. And uh, yeah, I didn't realize until the other day that we got caught under the rain and we went under the wall. Yes. And they loved it. Mm. And it's like every time we walk, they want to go back underneath and they're asking me. And uh, so it's... There's so many tunnels, aren't there? Mm-hmm. So there's pedestrian tunnels mm-hmm. that you can walk through and it's... Each one of them is different. And so they they love it and then... It allows their imagination to go wild, yeah. won't it, when they, when they play under there. And they ask me about the wall and... Uh, and uh, I don't know how we happen saying that, oh, it, like the, I gave an example, it's like the wall of Luca, if somebody tries to attack, we defend. And I don't know why we got into that and try to avoid any violent thing. And so, and, uh, and I was trying to explain them and their imagination was going at mm-hmm. 100 miles an hour. It's wonderful as a parent to watch that, and, isn't uh, it? Yeah. Of course. But you're recently back from holiday, aren't you? You've been to is it the Dolomites you've been to? Yes. Is that um is that a common place, a usual place for people from this area to go to, do you think? Yeah. I mm. think yeah, we've met a lot of people. It's a, a lot of, it depends on what type of person. A lot of people would rather go mm. to the beach mm. in the summer and uh, and go in the winter. In, mm. on the Dolomites to ski so a mm. lot of people have been there and mm. know where we were but uh, they were there in the winter for skiing mm. and wouldn't go during the summer some other people hate the beach and always go to, to the mount- on the mountains mm-hmm. so it's a but it's a common place to go mm. and uh, we were in Alta Badia which is um, in Suttirol or Alto Adige mm-hmm. so it's a very nice ski area Mm. But also for the summer, uh, we loved we loved that with the kids and yeah, the animals and the hikes, uh, being in an Agriturismo and it's a five hours drive from here. So somebody that stays here for a month can do all these things. Yeah, because everything is in a short distance. Mm. Oh, that's great! Thanks so much. It's really. Um good of you to spend your time and you know tell me about Luca and I'm really you know d- delighted and um especially with you know sort of this um this this bit of information about Babo and how it's typical Tuscany that's um I want to listen out out for that now and see if I can hear it not just when I'm around r- here but you know sort of when I'm when when I'm elsewhere in Italy and see and I can you know pick out who who the who the Tuscan families are so, so Andrea, thanks so much. It's been a real joy. Thanks for Thank sharing you. your experiences and your knowledge. It's great. Thank you. What an informative interview. 
Not only does this episode explore the intricacies of driving and parking in Luca, it also gives an insight into Italian family life. If you do decide to drive a car in the centre of Luca, at least now you have a heads up on cameras, permits and parking in the ZTL zones. After finding a surprise fine in my postbox a few years ago, following my venture by car into the city centre, I think for the foreseeable future I'm going to rely on the excellent service of Andrea's Tuscan Cars. You can find Andrea's recommendations and the contact details in the episode notes. If you've enjoyed this episode, I would be ever so grateful if you could visit the Kofi supporter webpage ko-fi forward slash life in Luca and donate the equivalent of a gelato or two, as this helps me to produce further episodes. You could also hit the subscribe or follow button now on your usual podcast app so that each new episode will appear, as if by magic, in your podcast library. And, if you've a little time to spare, please do leave a review. During the months of I'm in Luca, I post photographs of my adventures and the people I meet. If that is of interest to you, you can follow me on Instagram at andreas underscore life underscore in underscore Luca. Thanks so much for listening and your continued support. If you have any questions or if you are in Luca, do email me at lifeinluca at hotmail.com and we can perhaps meet up for a coffee chat or a walk on the walls. A presto!